So from a self-reflection perspective, it's like, I know for myself, I want to do things better or I want to do things differently or become something. The, the mighty is to become something. And those are, I know you like da- uh, atomic habits. So those are daily habits that you compound on, right? What are things that I can do that are going to help me become something? What is that for me? And doing those things for me is like self-reflection because I'm trying to put stuff out for other people. So asking people and reflecting on what I'm doing before I then go through that process, like it allows that to occur. Hey, welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Tan, and it's so good to have you here today. This show is all about human performance and everything that that could possibly mean. So when I think about human performance, we really do try and look at all of the things from, yes, the physical side, the training to get you fitter, faster, stronger, the foods to eat to help you feel good, but also looking on the other side of things that mental aspect, psychology of performing at your best, how to emotionally regulate so that you can show up as your best self. So all of these things of self-discovery is the most exciting part for me about this journey in how to get the best from yourself by really knowing yourself. So I'm so excited to bring this episode to you today. It's a first for me, actually, because this is my very first in the flesh episode. Yes, I'm talking to my guest right next to me. Well, not right now, but in the episode, we're in the same room. It's the first interview that I've done in the flesh. So it's very exciting. I do this with my very good friend, Josh Smith, who's the owner of Mightice Performance. He's a strength coach. He's a business owner. He's a women in sport advocate and all-round legend. We talk all things, how to bring the energy in yourself to a room and really show up as your best self. We talk about mindset. We talk about reflection and the reflection process that he uses to continually to get better in himself and from the, the work that he's producing. And we talk about comfort zones, how to know you're in one, how to get out of it if that's what you want to be doing. It's a very cool conversation. I had so much fun, which you'll notice because of all the laughs that we do have. And it's so full of goodness. So without further ado, let's dive straight into this episode with Josh Smith. Josh, welcome to the Bodies Built Better podcast. The first, by the way, because we... um. We're recording in the same room. This is fantastic. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is kind of scary is, as well. We've got a pillow. It's <laughs> very got, personal. We've got a safety pillow. It's very personal. Because um, recording in person, there's a lot of space that you need to think about, it, mm. just, which means you've got to be closer. <laughs> and it's all a bit awkward. A little bit. Unless you're like someone like the Tom Billews or the Tim Ferrises where they can have a massive camera crew and just mm. do all the editing and it all it looks pretty multiple, awesome. Multiple angles. Yeah. Right? This, is, this is one angle. Here this we is, are. Um, this is the Channel 7 News show. <laughs> one yeah. from the front. That's where that's we are. It. Okay. That's where we are. Cool. Well, we're here to talk about all sorts of stuff, all sorts of Josh stuff that you do really bloody well. And I think 
what people, if they don't know you or if they've never met you, they're about to find out how much bloody energy that you <laughs> always have. So let's talk about energy first. Okay, all right, let's go. <clears throat> how on earth do you get so high and stay up there for so long? Can we um, can we clarify? Oh, yeah. <laughs> This High is energy, natural <laughs> zest for life. Okay. That's right. Start exactly. there. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? I've thought about this actually. I've thought about this because I get it a lot from people. I get it a lot from people. It's because it's so noticeable. It's so, apparently, apparently so. I think honestly, I think it's. I really enjoy what I do, as in life in general. You know, and I've really worked for, you know. 12 15 years trying to create spaces that i enjoy being in mm. and so it's easy to wake up and be like cool i'm living in this fantastic space that i created you know and everyone there you know you get energy from you see what they're doing and i'm doing it and they're doing it it's just that's how i feel you know that that's the the 30 second answer will you say because of they're the spaces that you've created, mm. what about when you walk into a space that you haven't created? Mm. You seem to bring the same energy. <laughs> yeah. So what's that about? <clears throat> so the, the spaces I create, let me, uh, I'll quantify that or clarify that. I mean, in, in my mind. All right. Oh, okay. So that's what I mean. When I create that space, it's, mm. I'm going to a physical space that I've created. Yes. If we're talking work or basically the gym. Um, but for me, it's more the mental space I've created, the space where I'm at for myself in, in life or wherever I'm at. So if I do walk into a space, it's really interesting. If I do walk into a space where I'm not comfortable with, I observe, you know, so I will observe and I will, um, watch and see where I fit in and, and what energies I'll work with when I'm there, whether they're people or environment or whatnot. Um, but it's easy to have kind of like a presence rather than energy, just because size, right? Tall, whatever. Um, so I think it's more, it's the mental spaces that I that I bring and then it's the interactions that occur and you kind of pick up on what the energy is, what's coming, what, what are you giving, where do you want to like take it, where do they want to take it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And how, how did this mental space <clears throat> come about? How did you build it? When did you realise you needed a, a mental space that helped you with this oh wow um i don't i don't know i wouldn't say there's a a particular moment mm -hmm. it was a developing it was like a developed built kind of idea right that you know getting into say training and fitness and that kind of industry way back when it, you realize that your work style and lifestyle is not a regular style. So you can't really take advice or seek help from others who aren't in the industry. And <clears throat> like being in that industry, it's a lot of you know, self-care and wellness and, um, you know, physical development and mental development. And, you know, when I first started doing, when I first started training, I'd get up at, have to get up at 4.15 a.m., drive in, then catch a tram, then get to the gym, and then run sessions, right? And I was also working in a nightclub at nighttime. So <laughs> so there were particularly weekends, or Fridays and Saturdays, where I would literally get 
three hours of sleep by the time I got home and, got, and then got back out and got, got to the club from a Friday to a Saturday. Um, and then Saturday night would be an all-nighter. So I'd work Saturday morning and I'd go home and get some sleep and then I would go do all-night and then Sunday I would sleep. Um, and so through you know the different things I was doing, I was like, how can I get the most out of what I'm doing? And like physically and externally, I was had to I had to be at the jobs. You know, I had to for other reasons which we can go into, right? But I had to be there to help support the lifestyle that I wanted at that time. And so if I can't control the external, I can control the internal. So mm-hmm. what things can I do that are going to allow me to enjoy being where I'm at, no matter how tired you are or lack of energy you might have or lethargy you're feeling. You can always enjoy the space you're in. And that was the question for me. How can I enjoy the spaces that I'm in? And then that just, 15 years later, here we are. <laughs> so I find that super interesting because I know when I wake up feeling awful or have no sleep, I, it's really hard to get into mm. an internal mental space that gets me out mm. and in a, in a good mood <laughs> or a high energy so, and I know men and women are different in terms of uh, our hormones and all of that stuff. So we can't really compare the mm. two. But how do you go, I haven't had any sleep. I have to go and show up a thousand percent at the next job. Mm-hmm. And I've got to bring the energy just in case the people who rock up don't have that energy and, mm-hmm. and, and they've also got no sleep mm-hmm. so they the people who go to the gym and and i'm one of them mm-hmm. who've had zero <laughs> sleep can rock up mm. not in the greatest mm-hmm. mood or energy so how do you make sure that you get there zero sleep mm-hmm. potentially zero energy fatigue mm-hmm. lethargic but you turn on this switch in the in the head it's for me it's like like okay so like full disclosure i don't wake up like woo <laughs> no i wake up like this i totally picture you doing that <laughs> just pop it out of bed close the <laughs> hanging and i just like dive into them <laughs> i'm ready for the day exactly. right i wake up like this <laughs> and okay, thank goodness it starts okay so actually on that just <laughs> when i wake up my alarm tone is spanish vibes like Latin music okay, plays, cool. right? And so I wake up and I'm really like, <laughs> right? Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> First thing. So every little interaction. But I wake up and I'm like, oh, okay, a bit tired, whatever. I still feel that, right? And so um, my my mental process when I'm from the moment I wake up to, you know, getting to, to work or to the gym or whatever is like little things that make me feel good, right? So, for example, I have to have a shower in the morning. You know, get water on your face. Make sure. I used to splash my face with cold water. Now I have a shower, not a cold shower. Not about it. Just enjoy yourself in the shower. But from like alarm tone, you wake up, cool, you might snooze a bit if that's what you want to do. And then like get out of bed. I usually have uh, my clothes all set up so they're good to go. So I'm like, cool, there's no stress with that. Grab that. That makes me feel good having that there. Um, I usually tidy my house the night before I go to bed. So that's like the whole environment is okay, little that's cool, that's cool, that's cool, get in the shower, that's cool, I get out, I'm like, awesome, you're ready, and then, you know, the process continues in the car, so lately, I've started listening to more um, podcasts in the book, in the, in the book, in the, in the car, um, things I enjoy, you know, previously it was music, you know, so I always have that in my ears, 
then you drive them to the gym, you think, about, okay, cool, what's what's coming up? You know, who have we got coming in or what's the session or what's the vibe going to be like? And knowing that they're going to be able to create that, of that space is already sorted, you know, um, from the night before and from everything we've built to get to that space. You know, in the car, I'm like, cool, sometimes I'll sit silently or whatever I'm feeling. So that allows me to feel good about things. And then I'll run through thoughts or I'll, um, you know, take notes on things and, and get things out of my head. So I'm like, awesome. Like everything feels good. Mm. You know? And so it's really easy to, for me, it's really easy to um, bring energy or to get myself up to that energy once I've gone through this this sort of mental process of, is everything I'm doing at the moment feeling good? Mm. You know? Um, and sometimes you'll wake up, you know, you might be shitty, you might be sick or you have, you know, issues and, and whatnot and body aches and pains. And so it's still a matter for me. It's like, well, what can I do? I can't control that. For example, this morning I woke up because I had a massive nacho meal last night and I wasn't feeling good, right? And I was like, well, this is your fault from last night. <laughs> All those nachos. All those nachos. <laughs> and how can I do things outside of that? that okay, that's going to feel shit anyway. But everything else I can just still control that's going to feel good. And then you get to the space. And by the time I get there, this mental process of feeling good, doing good, thinking good, get there. And then when people come in, you're already feeling great. Mm. If most people that come in might not have gone through that process and have that and have developed that um, idea that that's what they do. You know, seek little things that make you feel good, that compound, mm-hmm. right? And so by the time you get there, like, awesome, I'm feeling good. And then you get to a space, which is like, like, like we said, you know, there's plants there, there's art there, there's it's fun, there's training, there's music, there's vibes. So it's that, that's easy external added on to that. So you've gone through a mental process and then you get to the external and then everything just kind of rolls from there. You know, and then to overlay that, I have a massive intrigue in people, right? And so, regardless of who's coming in, I'm, I try to always be like, awesome. Whoever's coming in, it's exciting. It's exciting to see someone. <laughs> so, let's get excited. You know, I don't have to kind of manufacture that and mm. fake. It's like I'm actually genuinely excited to see who's coming in, what they're doing, whether it's staff in, whether it's clientele in, whether it's just randos from the motel next door. It doesn't matter. I'm excited. Like, what's going to happen here? And having that curiosity allows us to overlay on everything else that happens. And then it just compounds into that effect where you get this like energy, zest, whatever you want to call it. Well, then what if. <clears throat> how do you keep that energy so high when there are people coming in with their own energies and i mean you don't have control over that mm-hmm. so how do you how do you manage that in the sense of you know you're keeping your own energy high but also you're trying to have a positive impact on on them and their energy without being overbearing mm-hmm Fantastic question. I was going to say aggressive. <laughs> Without being aggressively well. in their exactly. face with all the energies, right? Um, it, and this is it's interesting because it's a study on people and understanding people mm-hmm. and trying to understand people. So, yes, you can be excited for someone coming in, but if someone's super introverted and you don't have a relationship with them, you're not going to be all up in the business. Totally. You know, Um and likewise, if someone's extroverted and just wants that, you know, you kind of, what I do, I'll talk for myself, is that I adapt to the person that I'm seeing in their space at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that 
uh, extroverted, love the energy, come in, they might feel shit one day mm-hmm. and you can tell like across the gym, well, that person's not feeling good today. Because I've really, I would say I have to put context around it, I have really good relationships with my clientele. So I know who's in around and, and, and members in the space and whatnot. So I can generally get that vibe. And so working with the person where they're at and if they're not feeling too good, you can ask, hey, how are you doing today? You know, what's going on? Where are you at? You know, and understanding them, mm-hmm. um, how they present from a, how they present energetically. You can use yourselves, how, how someone's presenting, how they look physically. You know, they've made the effort to get up and come. So they obviously want to be there. Now, you're not going to make that a shit space and just be like, cool, just do your thing, ignore you in the corner. You want to engage, but in the way they want to be engaged with. That's the key for that. And so that's kind of a, a theme throughout my entire working and living life is like trying to understand people and then how do we express our understanding and how do we express our connection with them so if they're coming in with low energy everyone that comes in i want to leave happy they leave the gym they're happy well they've got energy or they've got something out of they feel good and so how do you do that it's learning how your energy can intertwine with that it's like a dna strand right they bring something you bring something you know it has to intertwine it can't be (coughs) competitive and if it is then you just let them do their thing or you hire introverts that's what i've done (laughs) (laughs) you know as a as a collective you get the people who can work with them you know and if someone comes in and just wants to do their own thing do your own thing you know and you know that and what i'm trying to establish and what i have i would say i have established is an uh communication channels and transparency where if someone does want to do that hey if you see me put my headphones in it's because i'm having not having a good week i'm just gonna do my own thing no dramas go do that Mm. Mm. i love that (laughs) how do you how do you elicit that in terms of the communication and opening that space for people to be able to communicate Mm how they communicate mm-hmm. and how they like to be communicated to. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, everyone is different and super intriguing. And it's such, it can be used as such a powerful tool when you know that and, and obviously for them as well. So how do you open that line of communication? Understanding where they're at when they start, right? And, and to, to, for me, it's like to open the line of communication is get to know the person now someone could usually people come in with you know they come from somewhere else you know almost all our all the clients are members that we have and people that i work with have come through someone else mm. who's gone hey come come join here or come do this so there's always an initial spark you know it's very rare we get someone completely doesn't know about us and rolls in and so that provides a good base for us to ask questions mm. what do you like how about to be talked to you know we sit down and chat with people when they first start and we go, come in, sit on the floor, let's have a little chat about where you're at, what do you want to achieve, um, where do you want to go, how do you like to be talked to, what is your energy like, you know, um, and that kind of comes through the conversations that we have. So by coming in, you've already, you've already opened yourself up a little bit, a mm. little bit of vulnerability. I'm here to do X, great, Y, then proceed, you know, how do you, ha- um, how do you want us to help you? Then proceed and these questions these open questions that actually ask about the person allow you to get an understanding of them mm. and now there's a skill that comes on top of that which is you know reading body language or you know reading the person mm-hmm. 
But from a very base level, you can ask those hows and whys um, and dig deeper into that and gain insight and listen to what they're saying and understand what they're saying um, rather than just going through and like ticking the box. Why do you want oh, weight loss? Yeah, cool. Tick yeah. that, blah, blah, blah. And else. then not giving a shit about yeah, it, right? Yeah. And then what I do and what we try and do as um, the collective is like when someone comes in and, and we talk to them, we get to know them, our aim for the first six weeks is build a relationship. Don't worry about the training too much. Like, yes, they'll get training and yes, they'll get their programs and blah, blah, blah. But get to know the person. So we can ask the questions for the next training block or for the mm. next period or where they're at that are going to enable us to work with them better. You know, if they can only come in in the morning and they don't have energy in the morning, how would you like us to create a space that you're going to be happy in? You know, how would you like us to create a space that you're going to be... Um, motivated in or, or driven to come to you know so i want people to be able to come to want to come mm-hmm. right um and then so they know that when they get there it's going to be a space that obviously we've got multiple people in at times and, and whatever and how can we work that out but you know that then to create that space is also about you know they know what they're going to get they know they're going to get a welcome they're going to get people they like or know there might be other people in the gym that they can connect with um, but they're also going to be able to leave them alone if they want it mm-hmm. and that trust that that's going to happen that that we've got their best interests as a as a human at heart rather than the training at heart that allows people to then open up so we can then be like all right cool you do what you got to do you know and so that's how the for me it's the energies will naturally intertwine in that is that if you're understanding what someone's bringing you can then modify yourself which is our job to then encourage that space you know, you have to, it's always give and take. Like if you're in a conversation, relationship, situation, whatever the experience you're in with someone else, there's an energy exchange as an, and there's an energy um, melding basically mm-hmm. and, and how it melds together determines the outcome of that experience. And so you try and make that experience the best you can, get to know that person. <laughs> there were so many things in that <clears throat> and I want to go back to vulnerability Mm -hmm. because the gym space can be a vulnerable space for a lot of people um, and I feel like more so for women and you have created this amazing space for women it's not just for women Mm. but you seem to have (laughs) like it's it's mostly women (laughs) when I'm there (laughs) so whilst you don't promote yourself as an all female Mm -hmm. space um you've done such an amazing job at creating a safe space that women feel like they can go there and do whatever it is Mm -hmm. they need to do so how how have i mean you've said a lot already in terms of it's the human Mm -hmm. yes human first Mm -hmm. training second um but vulnerabilities, how have you put yourself out there and shown yourself in a way that has made people to feel comfortable to show themselves mm-hmm. in that space? Fantastic question. Thank you. You're most welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, when you say put it out there, right? It's, I believe it's in the interactions that I have with people when they come in. 
face to face. So um, I want to make sure that when we talk about putting it out there, like put out publicly stuff. I have done that before, um, you know, but to create that space, it's a physical space that people are going to come to the way that you engage with those people to start with. And so the way that I'm vulnerable with people is I'll tell them straight up, I ain't going to know what's best for you right now until we get to know you, you know? And so to be able to then, you know, when you talk about putting yourself out there is that I'm quite comfortable asking people for critical feedback, as you know, (laughs) very much. (laughs) Which is actually one of the things I admire most about you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And it's been a, it's been a, a, I say a trade of mine, but it's something I've developed for years from day one. Like I cannot provide the best service to you if I don't know what you want. Mm. Or if I'm doing something that you don't like, whether it's training, the way I'm talking to you, the where I'm um, positioning myself or whatever that may be, you know, a whole bunch of stuff in that. But if I'm not, if I'm doing something that's not going to resonate with you, I need to know to make your experience better. And so I will constantly ask for feedback and I ask for it in different ways, right? Sometimes it's aggressive. Yo, what do you think of that? <laughs> Sometimes it's super nice and polite via text message, right? But I'm constantly asking for that feedback um, and acting on it not just asking for it but i'll act on it i'll survey clientele um actual surveys on like (laughs) on the internet and stuff right actual surveys i'll survey clientele um i'll then take those results and then i'll nail down that oh you know maybe this is something that's come up from that survey from all the general clientele so let's start picking out a few people who i would um be able to connect with who are comfortable giving me that feedback and like i know that i'm going into that space going cool this might be hard to hear, but I need to hear it because at the end of the day, it's going to be better for everyone. And constantly building on that over 15 years enables you to go, all right, cool. I get an idea of what people like, what people don't like. I'm quite comfortable saying, hey, have I done something recently you don't like? Tell me, you know, or have we done something? Tell us, you know, because at the end of the day, I'd rather have a little blip on a map than a complete destruction of the entire environment. You know, and that will happen when you don't take that feedback and you don't act on things. People just they don't like it. They just fade away. Mm-hmm. You know, they just kind of they won't even tell you and they'll just pull back and they'll just leave and they'll go somewhere else. And you will never hear from that person again. But if you'd ask them the question, is there something here we can do better for you? Or is there something that we can do that you might want or need more? Um, and how can we do that? Then you can take that step. But awesome, we can do that. You know, obviously there are boundaries with things, but, you know, as long as you can have that conversation with them and if it's something that you can't do, you explain why you can't do it and have the transparency, the relationship builds and the the ideas around what you can create for that person is, is there. So the vulnerability for me is in that space in particular is asking those questions and um, being okay with the answers and you've got to be okay with yourself mm-hmm. to be okay with those answers you know because you know what the end goal is if that's what you want to create um so it's been a lot of like self-development and self-learning to be able to go cool why do i have this space as in the gym space and why am i doing what i'm doing in my my life as a whole and then how can i make that something that resonates with others that then can connect and this is reciprocal i expect you to be vulnerable where we're at because we're going to help you develop 
but then also I have to be vulnerable to be able to make you feel comfortable that, oh, they actually have my best interest at heart. Mm. This is what we're going to be doing. You know, and that's what I would say is probably the key thing for me. Yeah. And it's evident. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and I truly mean that. And I have to say that it is so impressive how much you do self-evaluate <laughs> and and reflect. Mm-hmm. I've never known anyone to self-reflect so much. And and it's it's such a, a strength of yours because we can see now what you've built mm-hmm. because of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'd really love to go there. <laughs> okay. In that direction do it. of self-reflection. <laughs> how because you've said self-development and self-learning has mm-hmm. been a big part of you getting here today. How have you done that and how have you been okay with or okay with yourself or or um I I think what I'm trying to say is how do you deal with that sort of feedback and how do you how are you self-assured to know that the reflection, even if bad or good, you're going to be able to take it on and then apply whatever it is you, that you mm-hmm. need to apply? Because speaking from experience, I fucking hate feedback. <laughs> and not because I don't, well, I don't want to hear it, but I'm so scared of it. Mm-hmm. Because I already think that everything I do is shite. Mm-hmm. And then to hear it <laughs> potentially from others will then reiterate my thoughts. Yeah. And that's a scary thing for me. Yeah. So how on earth did you overcome that if that's ever something that you had to overcome? I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay. I know you like stories. Strap in, folks. Strap in. Get your pillows ready. <laughs> um, so three weeks ago. How many? Three weeks. Three. That was three, three. weeks. Sorry. Three. Sorry. I'm excited now. I'm bringing the energy. Um, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. I sent you a letter and I was like, yo, can you evaluate my letter? And you said, when do you need it back by? And I said, next week is okay because I need a space to process. No, no, no. You said in an hour. I, yeah. <laughs> that's what you said. I, I said in an hour <laughs> because that's why I want to work. Right? Yeah. But by next Friday is fine. Thanks, Jackie. And you said, I'll do it for you tonight. And <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Right? Put the nerves up in me, right? And then, and then, a bit later on, I'd had a couple of beers because I was trying to calm down a little bit, right? Relax myself. And then you sent me a text message that said, can I call <laughs> you to give you feedback? And I shat my pants. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I took a moment. Right? I was like, look at my phone. I was like, and I had to go for a walk up and down, <laughs> up and down my my apartment, right? Which is only ten meters long, so I was like, was it was a short walk? But in your terms, right? a walk is probably everyone else's sprint. <laughs> yeah, it's it a quick walk, right? And then I then I laid on the couch like this, and I wrote, sure, okay. <laughs> And then you called me and proceeded to tear apart my writing that I've been working on for four weeks. And I'm sitting there and no shit, I shit you not. I'm sitting there and I'm listening. I got a loudspeaker. And in my head, I was telling myself, she's telling you because she cares. She's telling you because she cares, right? And you asked for this, okay? <laughs> this is what it, so it's not on Jackie. Jackie's just doing what you asked of her, right? And so 
I was shitting my pants the whole time, right? And you said you were very lovely, very lovely with your feedback. It was really nice. And it gave me a lot of um, fantastic advice, right? And so as I'm sitting there listening, I was like, this is for the good. This is for the good. You asked for it. This is for the good. And then at the end of it, I said, in my head, I could feel it wrapping up, right? You'd, you'd gone through it. You'd redlined everything. <laughs> I could feel it ending. And I was like, just say thank you. Just say thank you. Just say thank you. And you were like, and uh, is there anything else? And I was like, Jackie, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And you said, no worries. Good luck. And then you hung up. And I went, oh. Like that, right? I was like, you know what? You know what? No, it's not right. No, right? So I still get super nervous and I still have to, you know, do the things that make me feel good and put myself in the space to be able to hear the feedback. Okay, So it's not just like, I'm so good. So criticize me so I can then feel good about more shit, right? It's not all that. I'm going to get better again. I'm going to get better. It's all good. No, it hurts, right? And it sucks. But the, the, I think the way to that is that you start small, you know, you start small with little things um, and you build from that and every interaction you can have with someone. You can ask them for feedback. You can try. Hey, Jack, what do you think of my hair today? And you went, your hair looks great. And I was like, thank you. Right, and that's how it starts with things like that. And so, knowing that what my um, vision is and what my outcome is, and, and knowing having having an idea of the person I want to become, allows me to then take those little hits and take those little, um, little jabs and chinks and whatever, and be like, "Cool, this is only going to help me for the future." And the less I take of that, and the more armor I try and put on. Mm-hmm. I'm not becoming the person. It's just all this defensive mechanism on the outside. And so you're still, <laughs> still going to need to pace around a bit and sit on the couch and have some beers and whatever you've got to do. But it's, it's the vision that is going to be for the better, right? So I will start, uh, my recommendation would be like start small, which is exactly what I did, um, and practice daily. You know, I had opportunities every day. And I still have opportunities every day to ask someone for advice on something mm-hmm. or to you know, criticize something or to provide me feedback on something. I won't say criticize, it's like constructive, but to provide that feedback on something that I can then take on board and be like, cool, I can take that. And I'll test it with other people. You know, you weren't the only person I asked to provide me some feedback. I'd test it with some other people. I was and the only person that I need to call you. You're the only person I need, almost <laughs> needed to take a Xanax for. You're the only person for that. I see that. <laughs> Get into my meditative state. It's for the good. Okay. But no, but it was really, really good. And so I'd, I'd give, um, you know, I'd take that because, and the reason I asked you as well, you got to identify the people or the um, situations with which you're going to get the most benefit from, right? And so you you wouldn't ask someone, for example, who has no idea of fashion sense, what your fashion's like, because it's not really a solid opinion, right? And so like, you might not be basing anything. And so I asked you because we've had discussions before where you think directly opposite to me. Mm. And you've challenged me, right? I'm usually face down on a massage table like that can't say anything. I'm so vulnerable right now and I can't say anything. She's got her elbows into my back or some shit, right? <laughs> but that's why I did it. I was like, cool, in this situation, I need something and I want to send something out to clientele that explains some things and I'm going to ask Jackie, who is, who challenges my thinking, has different thinking style, 
around things, who is training in the gym, knows people in the gym, and is a client, and understands us for the good. Well, you tick all those boxes so I can send it to you and be like, cool, do this, knowing that <laughs> a little bit of fire later, <laughs> right? Um, and so finding, um, you know, who resonates with what type of feedback is also more beneficial because you, it sucks if you ask someone and they don't know how to provide feedback as well, you know, and they've been there before as well, where you ask someone something and you get completely destroyed and you're left feeling shitter than when you first started. Mm. And it doesn't give you anything good. Like I, I actually got nothing from that except the personal attack, and now I feel bad about myself. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you know, providing the the um the mental boundaries for yourself to recognize that I'm going to ask and then get that back um, has helped build and, and daily and daily has helped build that idea and understanding that being able to self reflect and that's what we're getting into, right? On things, so I would then do something. I reflect on that thing before I send it out to someone. So from a self-reflection perspective, it's like, I know for myself, I want to do things better or I want to do things differently or become something. The mind is to become something. And those are, I know you like uh, atomic habits, so there's a daily habits that you compound on, right? What are things that I can do that are going to help me become something? What is that for me? And doing those things for me is like self-reflection because I'm trying to put stuff out for other people in a service-based industry and i got information I want to get out to people, but I need to be able to put something out for them that is in a way that they can understand it, right? I can't be so self-absorbed and so egotistical that I think my way is going to resonate with everyone. So asking people and reflecting on what I'm doing before I then go through that process, like, allows that to occur, you know? So I kind of see the, like, the greater benefit of doing it. And then, and then you, like challenge yourself and you can and take yourself to different um places into different areas or ideas or philosophies of self-reflection that's a, it's a very broad um term that you can be used anywhere for anything mm. you know reflect upon the conversation i had with someone you know reflect upon how did i feel when i had the conversation with someone or reflect upon how did that entire interaction go mm-hmm. you know how did they feel when they left that conversation you know things like that mm-hmm. you can pick out two to three conversations or two to three situations every day and reflect on them at the end of the day and understand where you're at and then kind of go okay cool well i might have some questions now or i might be okay with where i'm sitting now or like where i'm my mental space is at how do i process that and then the next day you might go hey jackie we had a chat yesterday and I felt like this afterwards. How did you feel? And then you can then provide, you know, and then that self-reflection allows you to then, you know, take steps forwards, yeah. you know. So. I really love that. I was about to then ask the question of your process and I'll go, we'll, we'll go there in a moment because just in case you have anything else around that. <laughs> um, but I remember getting off that phone call. Yes. And I'm like, shit, he took that well. Oh, I, I did on the phone. <laughs> and i just thought there is no way i could have i could have took that on myself (laughs) and because i was aware of that Mm -hmm. in my mind i thought i delivered it you did nicely you did deliver it very nicely no your delivery was fantastic it's exactly what i had asked for (laughs) so so yes and that's 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 it i'm glad (laughs) Good. You left and shrugged it off, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what am I going to do now?" <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah, good job. Um, so yes, reflection, and you did um, 
I love what you've said. And I just wonder if there's any more we could add to that because you said, uh, we were talking the other day that you, you've just take on, taken on this big job. Yeah. Which sounds fantastic. Mm. And you had the first session. Mm-hmm. And literally you said you got in the car after that session, then correct me if I'm wrong here, and you went through everything and, you know, reevaluated or um, reflected upon the the session, Mm -hmm. what you did good, what you could do better. Mm -hmm. When you are doing something like that so soon after the event, what do you take from it? Do you feel like there's any blind spots? Do you go? Do you do that and then go away and then reflect upon that reflection to see if anything else has come up for you? Like, how does that work? And then how do you change the next session mm-hmm. or the way you do things post all of that? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did. So I had a had a session that went out to and and yes, big job. Doing some things, um, and after the session, I yeah, I sat in the car and I wrote down what had happened. Right, so it's a two-step process for me. Mm-hmm. It's immediate, and then it's you have to have a sleep, mm. and then you do it again. Yeah, right. And so in the immediate aftermath of the destruction that I caused in the session, <laughs> yeah. all right, um, what I'm doing is I'm going through how did the stakeholders who were, with, were within that session, multiple different stakeholders, um, how did they respond when I did this? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, how do they respond when I did this thing that I planned to do? What was their response? How do they respond when I came up with some random shit and that happened? Um, what do I think then? What could I have done better for myself? How could I have phrased something differently? Um, or could I have said, you know, did was there something that stands out in my brain? I was like, shit, I shouldn't have said that. Or mm. I could have said that differently. You know, these are the things in the immediate aftermath of the sessions. I'm in yeah. the car doing the thing and, and writing through everything. And then... What I then do is I sit on it um, and if it's still ticking along in the back of my mind, if there's anything that adds to that afterwards, I'll put it in there. Oh, yeah, remember that came up and can put that in there, whatever. Um, but then I leave it. Then I forget about it. And I put it in a, like I set an alarm right, in my phone um, to go back and reflect. And then once it's, that's done, I forget about it, proceed with the day. Then I had to take a sleep. And then the day after, I then reflect again on that i'm like okay cool i read through oh yeah that's what happened now is there anything else that i can remember now after i've had sleep and solidified Mm. everything that's the two-step process for me then what i do is i then reach out to stakeholders that were there and that's what i did that week was like what do you think of the session when we did this and then another group what do you think of the session when we did this another another group what do you think of the session when we did this um, and I asked for that feedback. How would you find that? Because the, the blind spots that I have, I identify there are blind spots. And the blind spots, I don't know they're there, right? And so I would then seek that advice and seek that feedback from those people to be like, cool, I didn't even think of that, mm. right? Blind spot. So they provide stuff, and then I can spend time thinking about that as well. Oh, cool. And when that comes up, usually I've done 80% of my own stuff on it. Then I get the other opinions, because with any action that's done, if there's four people watching it, it's four different truths to that, right? Mm-hmm. So what do the other three think, you know? Um, and then if they bring something up, oh, like when this happened or this happened and we thought about that or whatever, I can then take a moment to think for myself, how would that present? Is that 
something that's occurred because of something I've done or because of the situation they're in or because of their position or how they might perceive the world. How can I take that on board, wrap that up, condense it, smash it into next time. And then the next session we do the same thing, you know, and take that on board. Okay, cool. So-and-so said they like when this happened. So how can I interact that into the next session mm-hmm. or w- workshop or whatever it's going to be, you know, because that's that once again, that the feedback side of things, right? Um, and so for me, yeah, it's, it's that major two-step, immediate sleep afterwards. And then it's also like filling the gaps. You've got to have time to fill in the gaps. So you're like, if you don't have the time to be able to reach out or you haven't built the relationships where people will provide that feedback or you haven't got the systems and mechanisms in place to do that, then the immediate and afterwards yourself is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so now I've kind of, because I'm aware of my ability to self-reflect and want to not ability but i want to mm. i create the space mentally and in my days to seek that feedback and to get that back from from others great so yeah. to reiterate yeah there's the media post yeah immediate yep. session sleep sleep on it. go sleep on it and then and then reflect again reflect upon the reflection and that reflection to throw it back to the start of the show mm. that reflection usually occurs like in the car if I'm driving to work or whatever, because that's a positive okay. thing for me. It's something I enjoy doing. Yeah. So I fit that into space where I'm not just laying on a couch going, Jake, I mean, it's reflecting on that. It's, yeah. a, it's an active kind of, I'm doing stuff, I'm driving yeah. somewhere or whatever. And that's what I spend that time doing rather than, you know, or listen to podcasts or music. But if that's just happened, I've had my sleep, I've done my, um, done my own reflection mm-hmm. and then I can do it then. So that's, yep. that's when I fit that in. Yeah. It's not a separate, yeah. And then you get feedback from the people involved yep and then you make the changes necessary yep straight away where do you draw the line there is no line with anything ever (laughs) i beg to differ (laughs) because as someone that suffers from perfectionism (laughs) i could keep reflecting and nothing gets done correct and or and or I get so caught up in all of the reflection mm-hmm. and almost become paralyzed. Then I, I, it's too much. I don't, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Overwhelm, not do anything. <laughs> yes. Um, the line for me is outcome driven. Mm-hmm. So what's the outcome? Now with um, things that might be, like a single interaction, is there an outcome? Am I going to have a relationship with that person or that you know, group or whatever again? Is it something I need to constantly reflect on? If not, then no need. You know, if you're doing... For me, it's like um, the example would be if I interact with someone in a coffee shop and it's just I don't know them and it's just an interaction there and I'm either never going to go back there or whatever, cool, I'll reflect with, oh, cool, that might help me with other coffee shops in the future. If it's a friend or a family member who I'm going to see regularly... I will do that on the regular. Like I tend to only take one or two things from, from that, but you can continually do that. So the line for me from a, from outcome base is what is the, the sole outcome of this? Now, if it's development of relationships, for me, there is no line. You can continually get better on yourself and someone else can continually get better for themselves. Right. If it's something that is time-based, right? Six weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it might be, you, the line is, okay, the outcome at the end of this is to go X or to have this thing. Mm-hmm. Is this reflection now, as I break it down from the big rocks 
to the smaller rocks to the tiniest little details what's going to get me there the end it's the big rocks so you can continually reflect but as you dig deeper and deeper and deeper there's the there's a limited return from the continued effects mm. okay and so go is me saying to jackie this this and this and i, I shouldn't have said that one word is that going to help long term is it going to really solidify the outcome it might not mm. so then you know what i'll learn for next time for myself cool that's done you know something i picked up on that's the line there i don't need to ask for jackie's feedback on that and then explain why i said that and then jackie tells me how she felt when i said that and then we, you know because you can always do that with every single thing that yeah, happens yeah. and so the line for me is the outcome is it going to affect the outcome mm-hmm. and at the end of the day there's is it a relationship is it a um financial is it a business driven or is it a personal outcome it doesn't have to be necessarily like a set thing it's like if it's a relationship cool then we can develop this over time, you know. So you can you can get deeper and deeper into the minutia of reflection if it's a continuing and long term thing. But if it's not, understand or try and think about for yourself what the big rocks are, mm. you know, and know that you can go deeper. Yeah. But stop yourself from doing it by pulling yourself back from that. Okay, is this gonna affect the outcome significantly? If I remove this. Right. If I don't reflect on this, is it going to affect things negatively? No? Great. Keep going. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and, and that's the kind of process that I'll go through with that. You know? Because, you know, like you said, you can, especially perfectionism, right? I, I, um, I think it was Churchill. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's always Churchill. But I read this quote earlier today. Oh. Perfectionism is paralysis. Because you don't do anything. You know? Um, and being okay with developing and having a development and a building mindset, you go, cool, I'm not going to be perfect because perfect is unachievable, mm. number one. Um, and if you don't do anything, you don't get any results. Yeah. You know, so that's the kind of understand that, that that's the approach I take, you know. Um, and I always used to, I strive for best with everything, right? I strive for best. Um, now I don't necessarily believe best is perfect because what's perfect for me is not going to be perfect for you. What's the best outcome, you know, and how do we then get to that? Best. I, when you first said that, my immediate reaction was, well, that's too high. That's too much. What? Nothing will ever get done. (laughs) I will never be good enough to do the best. But then as you start, as you finish off, then my brain went to the best of your ability in that moment. And that resonates heaps with me. Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> You're most welcome. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Let's then talk. Let's go comfort zones. I think that works quite well with what we're talking about. Okay. How do we get out of them? I guess it depends how far you're in them. Like, are you aware you're in a comfort zone? Do you know what? I think some people, I think most people are aware when they're in a comfort zone because they don't want to go out of it, right? They don't want to try the new thing. They don't want to speak up. They don't want to, yeah, I, I think we're aware of when we're in the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And because, are you... because of fear, I think. 
For me, personally. <laughs> okay. Is it people? Is it Jackie? Uh, like, sorry. Get out of Jackie's conversation. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes. Because I'm afraid. Okay. I, th- I think, uh, like, it's, first of all, okay, comfort zone, great. Do they do they want to get out of it? Right? Because if you're comfortable, you might not want to get You're like, this is where I'm at. This is my zone. I'm good. You all right? Mm-hmm. So that's the question first. Because um, your question was, how do we get out of it? Well, if you want to get out of it and you're like, I'm in a comfort zone and I'm sad about it or I'm in a comfort zone and I want to get out of it, I feel there's something else that I want to be doing, that takes an understanding to start with. Right? That shows that you've got some kind of, there's a little flame there right? that says, hey, you can get out of it. right? In that case, if you know you want to get out of where you're at or you want to change what you're doing or the, the comfort zone that you, you're in, you know, how you define that, I think it's a matter of asking questions. Mm-hmm. Either of yourself or of those around you. Um, I would. I started, I would say back in the day, like I started with those around me as in like, you know, how do I present this situation? Or if I want to, let's say, um, I'm trying to give an example in regards to like, that can actually clarify that. But, you know, other people can see you and see where your stagnation might be or where your issues might be better than you can see yourself, right? You might know you're in a comfort zone and like, I want to get out of this, but I don't know how to do it. Mm. And then someone else will be like, yo, you just got to do this. Mm. And you're like, fuck, didn't see that coming, you know? It's a blind spot, you know? And so if it's a matter of you want to get out of the comfort zone, I think you start by asking the question, first of all, why do I want to get out of this zone? Um, what is keeping me in here? And then, you know, what is the driver to do that? You know, is enough of a driver that I need to do something drastic, which is scary and takes a lot of time, or is it something that's just like, you know, I'm in this comfort um, eating and every night I have ice cream before I go to bed and I know it's not good for me and I want to change it. And so you're cool, right? That's a lot easier to make a change if you want to because the outcome is whatever the outcome might be, better health, whatever it might be, you know. So I think asking the question first and then following that up with action. And that question doesn't have to be of oneself. It can be of others um, to provide that what they can see. You know, a lot of times when like I think of the situations where I've gotten out of comfort zones or been pulled <laughs> violently ripped from comfort zone just hasn't been my will you know it's up people other people say shit to me like oh you know this about you i'm like no that sucks (laughs) that sounds shitty i don't change that you know that's what i think how did that happen which ones (laughs) (laughs) jeez how many are there (laughs) i mean every every phase of life requires a movement from a comfort zone right yeah but I, I mean more in the the people that have said whatever. Well, maybe said. not as aggressively. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I interpret it aggressively, <laughs> and sure. but they they said, oh, hey, "Hey, Josh, this is yeah," and I'm like, Bleh. yeah. You know? So it's interpretation, but um, you know, there's differences, right? But but some, you know, if you've got someone who is in a in a space, it doesn't have to be like as significant, but someone in a space where they're just not happy. Mm you can generally see that they're not happy before they see it themselves. And so um, having the relationships or building the relationships that are based on communication, 
transparency, honesty. You can have those conversations, you know. It's like the old intervention idea, you know, that's violent ripping from, you know, we have an intervention for you, but mm. you can have inter- small interventions every day, mm. you know, finding where you're at, you know what I mean? So um, that's what that's what I think about about that stuff. But, yeah, it's been it's been few times, you know, some of the significant times I've been forcefully, not necessarily forcefully taken out my comfort zone, but, you know, provided an idea or a different philosophy or um, given the understanding of someone else's uh, opinion or idea mm. that doesn't resonate with myself. Um, one of the first ones, I say one of the first ones, it wasn't one of the first ones, one I can remember that led to the greatest change mm-hmm. was um, when I was 15 and my boss at the time just like berated me in front of customers we were in a, in a restaurant and I, by the time I, I was probably 17 I started at 15 and then I was probably at 17 and then I retort gave him a retort and he didn't like that and he basically fired me on the spot right and so my comfort zone was the workspace and I felt comfortable enough to be like fuck you and he said guess what you're done and I was gone, right? The whole situation was a bit different to that, but that's the outcome. The outcome was I had no job anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that then forced me to be like, well, do I want to have a job? Or <laughs> just, I was at uni at the time, so I was like, you know, I want to get a job. Um, and had to, there were two bosses at the time, so one fired me, one loved me and didn't want me to go, but he wasn't the major shareholder. It's too bad. Um, and so I then asked him about, you know, what can I do? Where can I go? Do you have any contacts? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, they help you out. And the next week, it was a Friday night, the next Friday I had a job somewhere else, you know, and that was because he'd helped me out. But the reason I'd been ripped out of that was because of, you know, other actions, right? Mm. Like, so, you know, things like that, that, that was definitely one of them. There's been a few recently and, and it's, I said recently, last 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> It's recent, recent to me. It's so recent to me. <laughs> yeah. Really, really good really memory. Yeah. <laughs> Short term. Big one. Short term memory. You know, um, so, so yeah, comfort zones on housing, comfort zones on um, relationships have been massive for me in the last couple of years, you know. Um, and asking myself where I'm at, why I'm here, you know, sitting in a space, let's say I'm in a lounge room, I'm like, I don't even like my housemate. What the fuck am I doing here? You know, let's leave. You know, mm. let's take some action. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know. So there's like, I don't want to go too much into stories because we'll be here for four more hours, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but from a comfort zone perspective. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> from a comfort zone perspective, ask questions and you're gone. Good, done. Next, <laughs> next on the list. <laughs> the conversations I have with are, are with people probably older than what you were at that time. So when they, when we're talking about comfort, this mm-hmm. is like, their careers yeah 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 very so, different yeah very many different. faster pastors out there there's not <laughs> <Right>. many careers <laughs> so it brings up two points well one of them i'm not sure how many people would be um, brave enough to speak what yeah. they're feeling yeah that's that's the second first point the second point is i Love that because then you've gone on to better things, right? Uh, but there have been so many stories, especially in the last couple of years with COVID and all the mm-hmm. shit that's gone down, where people have been made redundant mm-hmm. um, or they're no longer able to do the job that they do. 
especially the two of us, mm-hmm. gyms closed down, couldn't massage for a little while. Um, and in which case we had to find different ways to work, earn mm-hmm. a living. Um, and for some people, yes, that's completely thrown them out of their comfort zone. Some haven't dealt with it very well, which is really unfortunate. And then some would say it's the best thing that's ever happened to them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, you said before, um, how do we get out of our comfort zone? We'll ask the questions why. Mm-hmm. What if there's no need to ask that question, but we know where we're at is where we're not practicing or living at our highest potential? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think, again, it comes back to, we're so comfortable. What's the need to even approach that subject? So I don't know if I'm just having a conversation with myself right now and answering my questions. Um, maybe. <laughs> I'm listening and I'm, I'm liking. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I just find it so interesting that, um, yeah, I guess in terms of the comfort zones where, where people kind of know that they're in it, they know they have to get out of it. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to because yep. it really... And, and the other thing that came up for me when you were talking was that you said... Um, people know that they have to get out of it because there's that flame that they, they know there's something else mm-hmm. and they want to. What if that doesn't exist for some people? There is no flame. There is no drive to get out of the comfort but they know they should because the thing that they're doing is not good for them. Mm-hmm. Whether that is diet, whether that is, um, you know, they're, they're secluded themselves or you know, at home or um, whether it is they have to start a training regime because they need to move mm-hmm. and whatever it is, there is no drive to get out of that comfort zone because it's so damn sweet in that space. Mm-hmm. I think the context of the flame um, was not necessarily the flame to, oh, that's what I want to go to, to drive that. No, no. Okay. When, when I said about the flame is that the very fact you have the idea or, or mm. um, notion that I'm in a comfort zone, I need to get out. That's the flame. You don't, I don't know how, I don't know why, mm-hmm. right? But that's what I mean when that was the flame. You might not have something to go to, but you know yourself that you need to change something. Mm. That's what the flame is. You okay. know, when there's no flame, you're dead, right? <laughs> and, and, Are we? It, well, if you, <laughs> metaphorically, no. So <laughs> when you're talking about um, comfort. Well, metaphorically, yes. Literally, well, no. Could be both. <laughs> Where are we going to go? It's philosophy. <laughs> Let's go here. Um, okay. So like, you know, if you're, if um, the way I think about it is that if you're in that comfort zone, mm. right, and you're happy in that zone or you're in the zone mm-hmm. and you're not like, not aware you need to get out of it, there's no flame. There's no kind of, I'm aware. Yeah. Awareness. Okay. There's the flame yeah. of awareness, right? Oh, wait. Okay, cool. Trademark that. Flame <laughs> of awareness. Okay, this is mine. Okay. <laughs> All right. um, it's that flame of awareness rather than flame of drive, you know? Yeah. So that's the thing there. And so um, contextually, my story is not applicable to anyone in a career, right? <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. that they actually care about. <laughs> right? There's a lot of other things like, like the communication, the honesty, mm-hmm. the transparency, the understanding, that is applicable. Um, but Doing what don't I did. talk like that. Don't talk. Don't <laughs> be like that. There are other ways to go about it. Okay. Especially so if we're talking yeah. about from a career perspective mm-hmm. or a long-term relationship perspective, um, that's different, mm-hmm. right? And I would tell a different story in that regard. Sure. Um, 
you know, about how you go about doing that stuff and where you know, like I was in that situation myself four or five years ago, mm. right? And this was a relationship where I'm like comfort zone, but not really, not vibrant, right? Mm. There was a flame of awareness was there. Yeah. And you, there's the there's the fear, The for me it was this fear, this anxiety around significant change, significant change that could occur and I don't know where it's going to lead me. Mm. Right. Um, and like contextually, I'm in a, I'm, I was in a relationship where I was in um, my partner's house and she owned a house, whatever. And so I'm like, cool. And our friendship groups were the same and like everything connected. And the friendship groups were connected through the gym space. And there's all this kind of like intertwining friends, um, living, finance, business, everything was like there. Mm. So that there, when I was like, shit, like flame of awareness, like torch blowtorch on me but not able to move because i was like if this if i you know separate or this happens in my head what was going to happen was business goes under mm. living back with mum and dad or on the streets or wherever trying to find a place finances go under everything changes literally everything changes and that's more of the significant events rather than last past story right where in that moment you know and this probably happened for couple years it was probably 18 months maybe in that kind of space like it was all good before then things had changed and so in that space the awareness was around okay yeah how do i go about doing this without everything imploding and then for me it got to a point where it's like the straw that probably comes back mm. something just happened i was like needs to change right now you know and it takes some action um and so then i went out and sought advice and i talked to my my mum about things because mum was confident and well, is confident um, so I talked to mum about things and she provided her perspective from the outside, you know, so I'm thinking these things, is this actually presenting, do I present this way? You know, mm. how do you actually see me? Is there a change between here and two years ago? What's that? And get that perspective from someone who knows you has been around that time. And then I went and sought friends, same questions, you know, I'm just reaffirming that my demeanor and my mentality and my energy and where I'm at has changed for the worse, right? Um, and that was confirmed. And so the final um, the action for me was with one of my, my closest mates went out, um, went to his place and, and I was talking about things that I, that I was feeling and then what I was um, like hearing from, from those who were close to me. And he was like, dude, it's been a couple of years. Like we've noticed. I'm like, why the fuck didn't you tell me? You know, what's going on here? You know, I'm asking for feedback. Don't get nothing. And so you understand from their perspective, they don't want to, they don't know where you're at. So they don't want to rock any boats and throw spanners in the works, this kind of stuff. And so we just had this like brutally honest conversation this one night and I was like, changed it. And then ended up um, ended up sleeping on the floor of the gym. I haven't really told anybody that one. Um, <laughs> how long? One night. One, one night, night only. Because right. I called my other best friend at like 1am in the morning. I was like, yo, I'm coming to your house. And that was the voicemail because you didn't answer because it was 1am in the morning. So that's when I slept at the gym. That night, that was a hilarious night. I remember that one. Um, and then um, in the morning, she got back to me. So this night, slept at the gym. Mm. In the morning, had clients in the morning. So went down to Henley Beach and had a shower next to Joe's kiosk at the outdoor shower there. At the outdoor shower. The outdoor shower there. Nothing's open. I had just like six thirty in the morning. Right. Okay. I was awake all night because next door, <laughs> in the motel, there was a group of gentlemen. I'm assuming that enjoyed 
really heavy death metal that I was playing really loudly all evening. <laughs> Didn't get much sleep. Plus the entire emotional shit that had happened. So when I had a shower at Joe's, went back to the um, back to the gym, did my clients, no one knew anything. And then my friend was like, hey, come to my place, you can come stay at mine. And so I was I slept in her lounge room for three months. And then through that process, I realized I had support uh, from there, from friends, family, and, and slowly, you know, rebuilt and things didn't go that weren't as drastic as i'd imagined in my mind that was the key you know but at the time going through it you're like shit this is the entire world's gonna blow up mm. you know and so it was taking like the steps and you know sometimes it's one drastic ripping yeah. off the band-aid other times it's just pull off slowly right and and i try and ensure that what i'm doing and especially now i can look back now like that guy had no idea but that guy was doing his best yeah. you know and so um, now you're trying, okay, well, how can I like ensure that whatever happens, there's no surprise or there's no getting to a situation where I'm unaware anymore. You know? And for me, that's the communication, the constant mm-hmm. communication, the, the honesty with things as much as you can. And obviously that, you know, things then compound. You can take it to any level. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's deeper shit that can occur and that has occurred and you've got to go through that. So rip a band-aid off and you find out there's not a band underneath. You know, you rip that off and go deeper and deeper, you know, and it's like, it's a process Yeah. over time. You know, it's, it's mad. Did that answer the question about conversations? <laughs> it did. And yeah. it really, it really reiterates the importance of support network as mm-hmm. well. People. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. This has been wonderful. <laughs> Josh, thank you. Thank you, Jay. To finish this off though. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to – I don't know if you can do this because I know everyone is super different and it's very individual in how we um, go about getting the most out of ourselves. So thinking about what we've just spoken about, there's been um, energy, mindset, reflection and, and evaluating and mm-hmm. then comfort zones – Mm-hmm. It's a lot there. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Where could you say one should, should could start? Or, or in fact, how could we start to get the best out of ourselves? Whether it is the mindset. And I want to say, I, I wanted to go, where's the best place to start? But again, I know everyone's different. Do you have an opinion on that? I think you're well aware of opinion on many things. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, I don't have opinions on my my idea and my thought is the best place to start is to stop. And are you saying start nowhere? I'm saying start in the ether of nothingness. Ooh, okay, well, nice. okay. Um, I think that as a people, you know, and as a society and we're constantly on the go all the time and we constantly move, constantly seek more, right? Um, And constantly do more. And I think, like, personally, it's only been when I've stopped and either reflected or considered or asked a question rather than providing an answer, have I been able to then go, oh, 
yeah, that's different. Like you can only you can only take a different path if you stop at the first one. And that's what I would be my um <laughs> advice or place to begin. I love that advice. Mm. Because I've noticed for me when I stop, I realize how I feel. And I'm really good and mm -hmm. I know a lot of people out there are very good at suppressing all of that stuff. That's another episode, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, and keeping on going until the body mm. doesn't allow it to. But yeah, stopping. Ooh, mm. Good one. And Thank that's where we're going to stop. Thank you all very much. <laughs> that was Josh Smith from My Tice Performance. If you're in Adelaide and you want to check out his gym, head over to his Instagram page, My Tice Performance Group. DM him so you can see all the things that he does and how to get the best out of yourself through the programs that they do there. If you loved this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends leave a review because that will help this podcast keep growing and reaching the people that this information will really resonate with. As always, thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you. Have the best day, week, month, and year. Stay awesome. We'll catch you next time. Bye.